0: Warning! Crime Convo features potentially triggering content about real-life crimes. There will be content such as violence, crimes against children, physical abuse, sexual abuse, and death. Listener and parental discretion is strongly advised.
1: Welcome to Crime Convo. Come and join the conversation.
2: My name is Alyssa. I'm Destiny. And I'm Nikki. Well hi listeners. It's been a little while. Thanks for your patience. Thanks for waiting for us. Today, I'm going to drink Excelsior. It's a uh, local cider. And this one is uh, Mango Supernova. And then today, we also have the baby brother as a guest. Oh,
0: please don't let that be my intro as the baby brother. <laughs> <laughs> the baby brother.
2: He's well, not well, so much know. of a
1: baby, but.
3: No, but. I, I the, do. The, I, I'm, I'm sorry. an adult. The big baby brother.
0: Okay, that's fine.
3: The <laughs> big little brother. <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll accept that.
3: Here we go. Alright, and I'm drinking White Claw, of course. Always White Claw or Tullis for me. But I've seen these lemonade-flavored ones that I've never tried before. I'm normally not a huge lemonade fan, but I figured I'd figure it. So this one's blood orange lemonade. And then Ooh. I think I have strawberry and
1: um, a couple of other flavors. So The lemonade ones aren't bad. <laughs> Hydrating liquid and alcohol. <laughs> yes <laughs> um i'm having jack daniels southern peach like one of their canned mm. cocktails those mm. are so dangerous
0: jack daniels <laughs> they're, they're very so good. good
1: though mm-hmm. they're, they're good so we haven't done this in a while um mm-hmm. so we kind of just wanted to start off i mean not on a very uh easy topic but on Ooh. a topic nonetheless um I just kind of wanted us to have a conversation and, and maybe talk about our thoughts. Um, we can talk about some cases that we think of related to it. Mm.
2: FYI, Nikki and I have no idea what the conversation
3: is. No <laughs> idea. We did not talk about it ahead of time. So oh. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm kind of like, ooh, what is it?
1: Yeah, I feel like it's an important conversation and I want to. All right. Um, you know, it's it's definitely a very sensitive topic. So keep Love that in it. mind. Um, so I wanted to talk about sexual violence, sexual assault, sexual crimes. That's heavy, but very important for sure. Yes. So I have some statistics to start off. Oh, boy. Um, over half of women have ever experienced sexual violence involving physical contact during their lifetime. So two out of four um, has experienced sexual whether it's rape, being touched inappropriately, just something that is non-consensual. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I'm really not surprised by that statistic at all, Yeah, No,
1: it's not surprising at all. Almost one in three men have experienced sexual violence involving physical contact during his lifetime. So, men are just as much victims as women. Um, oh, wow. Maybe not as high in numbers, but it does happen. So... This is something I found pretty interesting. A rape survivor. There is actually a cost associated with that. Like money related. $122,461 per survivor, including medical costs, lost productivity. So missing work, Mm -hmm. um, mental health services, and criminal justice activities. And then other related costs. So per rape survivor, that's how much it costs. Wow. That's how much.
3: That's a lot of money.
1: Yeah. So that's, you know, medical bills. That's, hey, I need counseling. That's, hey, I need to take X amount of time off of work to deal with this. That's going to court Mm -hmm. to sue or to uh, prosecute the alleged rapist. All of those things. So I found that pretty, pretty interesting.
2: Yeah. And you would think that for situations like that, like, especially in, like, our justice system, you know, you wouldn't have to pay for it. But at the end of the day, everybody in there is doing their job and got to get paid somehow. And, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's not necessarily the cost of of the Like that's not necessarily their out of pocket cost or whatever, but that's just how much it costs. Medical
0: bills and and, like insurance and stuff like that. But
1: that
2: but going to court and suing. That one comes out of your own pocket. Yeah. Well,
3: yeah, but that's a part of the cost Mm -hmm. that she was saying. Well, I'm curious to know if it's part of your own cost, if you're the person going after the person that assaulted you, or if it's done by the state. If it includes that cost as well, you know what I mean, or if it's individualized.
1: All I see is that it's the estimated lifetime cost of someone who's raped. Mm. Mm. So okay. all the costs associated with that. So whether that's, I'm I'm assuming that that means therapy for the rest of their life, if if that's, um, what what they choose to do, and all of that. So
2: which, and Lord knows, and- if you want to go to therapy for any reason, generally you have to pay for it or have to pay, you know
1: whatever outside of your
2: insurance deductible for it so
1: yeah it's super expensive and then women and racial racial and ethnic minority groups experience a higher burden of sexual violence so women and people of color Mm -hmm. and people of minorities Mm
3: -hmm. sadly not surprised
2: yeah well and like we've talked about before that's just kind of what it, the unfortunate truth of what it's like being a woman, every, yep. every, every, every person, but especially every woman knows at least another woman that's been sexually assaulted in some way, shape or form. And I'm sure every man, whether they know it or not, knows at least one other male that's been sexually assaulted. Yep. Yeah.
0: Typically for men, they kind of keep it quiet because yeah. it's not really something that is, I wouldn't say like or like openly talked about, especially for you know, growing up as a guy, you, you kind of get told don't open up about your feelings, mm-hmm. so you just kind of keep everything to men yourself. Men don't cry. Men aren't yeah. allowed to cry. You know the
1: yeah.
0: I was watching this video talking about the um the men don't cry rule in in film, and it was basically going on and saying that there's a set rules for them um, in like every single action movie or like in in certain films that men can cry in only these instances. It's really specific about it, but. I thought it was interesting when I was looking at it.
1: Yeah. And typically it starts early in life. So more than four and mm-hmm. five rape survivors reported that they were first raped before the age of 25. Yep. As kids. And almost we- half were as a minor. I don't know about you guys, Nikki and Alyssa, but as a teenager, there's a lot of predatory men out there. You'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. At, at any age,
2: as a
3: teenager,
1: as an You'd adult, be as a child. Surprised. Yeah,
3: so I'm gonna get personal with you guys. I'm gonna share what um, happened to me um, since we're on the subject. I'm, I've dealt with it. I've coped with it. I'm, I'm open to talking about it. So when I was, I want to say it started. I was nine or ten, maybe, and it it continued for one to two years, Um, and it was by my friend's father. Um. I'm not going to go into explicit details, obviously, um, but it I was very scared of him and it was touchy stuff. He didn't rape me, but he, defi- he molested me continuously for that amount of time. And I had a suspicion that he was doing it to his daughter and oh to some of her other friends as well. Yeah. And um, he basically told me, you know, if I told anybody that he was going to take care of my family so me being a child of course I believed him so I did whatever he told me to do and he was pretty uh brave with it because like I can remember a time we were hanging out and so his daughter lived upstairs from us with her mom and he would come over to their apartment in the afternoon to watch their daughter while her mom was at work so like me and other kids will go up there and like hang out and play board games and stuff like that. And I remember a time playing board games and there was a blanket and. But there were other kids in the same room with us. So he was it's very. Home. uh, Didn't care what the situation was, you know. So that. the only reason why I end up telling. Is because one day I was. On the phone, and this is back in the 90s, so my sister had picked up the phone in the other room while I was on the phone with a friend. And she was confiding in me that he had done stuff to her. So I ended up opening up and telling her that he had also been doing stuff to me, not knowing that my sister was listening on the other phone in the other room. Uh-oh. so I got off the phone with her my sister came up to me crying like oh my god you have to tell mom blah 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 so I w- went to the store with mom and like acting like it was oh something happened at school we came home and Rox- Roxana my sister was like did you tell mom and I was like yeah I told her about it. she she's like no that's not what you're supposed to tell her mm-hmm. so I found I ended up telling my mom and I'll never forget the look on my mom's face and she grabbed me and my siblings, put us in the car, and went to a friend's house. Because he was upstairs at the time that I told her. And my mom was like, if we don't leave right now, I'm going to go upstairs and I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. I I, <laughs> I, would. I would. She I packed would. Us up, <laughs> went to a friend's house really close by, called the cops. I gave my statement, obviously. However months down down the road, because he went on the run. Uh, for some odd months, and basically, and I didn't end up having to uh, testify in court. Everything was video recorded for for court. Um, I had to do one of those sexual assault kits that they do mm-hmm. um, as a child. That was uh, it was kind of like being assaulted all over again. Um, and then. I found out through all the stuff in court that he had done it to his daughter. So my feeling about that was correct. Mm-hmm. And he had done it to about five or six of her other friends. And he only got one year for each of us. So wow. he only got seven or eight years total. Um, when I turned 19, he got out. And I remember getting the paper in the mail telling me that he was getting out and where he was going to be living and and all that stuff. And Mm -hmm. up until probably about 10 or 15 years ago was when I stopped getting notices about where he was or what he was doing. And yeah, that was my first experience with that. And then I had another thing happen to me when I was a teenager. I never told law enforcement about this. I never confronted the person about it. I never even told my mom about it. It was a family friend who was another teenager. And he, my mom took in all the kids in the neighborhood. And one night he drunkenly came in my room and I was sleeping and he started trying to fondle me and whatnot. And I like twist and turned and, but acted like I was asleep and uncomfortable because he was a very large guy. And I was like, I can't, I'm not going to try to find him off me. I'm just going to act like I'm asleep. So since then, I have not Mm. had any much interaction with that person because who's going to believe me in that situation. But this was also a person who had had somebody else say that he had done stuff to her and nobody believed her. So part of me also feels Mm. bad that I should have spoken up about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, as a teenager, you know. But I've those are the only times I was actually sexually assaulted. But I've had like weird situations happen throughout my life as a woman. But those are the two that are definite assault yeah. situations. So
1: Yeah.
2: Well, and I think too, it's not on a physical level. Like I've I've been very lucky and fortunate that I'm of the averaged half people that have not been physically assaulted but i've definitely had men come on to me in very inappropriate uncomfortable uncomfortable ways yeah yeah, for sure i mean and i was growing up i've always looked older than i am especially as a teenager and as a kid so here i am a fifth grader wearing a full a full-on bra you know in elementary school, and there would be whole ass grown adults <laughs> coming, yep. and it's like if you look back at pictures, like I didn't look anywhere near a grown up or an adult, you know. But you know, onto your your second point or your second situation, Nikki, like I, what comes to mind is the Me Too movement, and the really oh. big one that comes up in my mind is the Bill Cosby case and how. Half of the people were like, oh, no, he, you know, screw him, blah, 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 blah. And the other half were like, Bill Cosby? Like, the guy from my favorite TV show? No way. And, like, all of these women, starting with the very first one, came out and said that this happened. And had people literally attacking them verbally and, I'm sure, physically on some
3: level. And and all their stories were the same. Yeah. Mm Yeah. What he was doing was identical. So that right there mm-hmm. shows you that he was doing something.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, let's talk about R. Kelly for a second.
3: Oh, God. Oh, God. That mm.
1: that documentary was really hard to watch. Did you watch that documentary? Ooh. I watched I it. I hate that oh. I still
3: like his music. It makes me angry.
1: I will not. I can't even. I, mean, I can't listen to his music without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, R. Kelly, he just sickens me. I, I can't. <laughs> Yeah, scary. I,
2: I, every time I, I only know the one. What's his one really popular one? Something about flying.
1: Oh, I believe,
3: <laughs> I, can I, believe I, can fly. I can fly. From Space yeah. Jam,
2: that one. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's the only one yeah. that I like know. And, like, even the, I didn't know that the uh, Weird Al song stuck in the drive-thru. <laughs> I didn't know that.
1: <laughs> it was a, it's a whole saga. Yeah. yeah
2: I, I didn't know that. And, Destiny, I think you were actually the one that told me. I am. <laughs> it was It was well before that documentary came out. But I remember watching that documentary. And I even watched the second part. And it just, it's disgusting. Like, he's not in jail, y'all. He's not in jail. Yeah, no. I know. He's I've, got nothing I, against him. Well, not um, he that, was lost I heard. I cried
3: a lot through that documentary. And I got very pissed off a lot through that documentary. And what he did to Aaliyah.
1: Oh, man. I remember
3: being a kid back in the day. Yeah,
1: you I'm know, pretty sure that day he's day. he's been in jail for the last couple of years. Yeah,
2: I lied. He's serving a 30-year prison sentencing for racketeering and sex trafficking. I apologize. I was wrong.
1: So I remember back in
3: the day when him and Aaliyah were together. And as a kid, I didn't, like, really realize that age difference, right? I didn't, because I was a kid. So I didn't, like, really notice it. But then the older I got and more things came out about him, especially after she passed, it was like, she was literally, like, 14 when they got together. And he was like, I want to marry her. And he totally manipulated her. And had a lot of control yeah. on things to do with her career, mm-hmm. and well, yeah. and
2: that's also too a a you know a place of power thing. I mean, Elvis Presley,
3: Priscilla was what fifteen when they got married.
0: Dan Schneider. Yes.
3: However, if you watch interviews with her now, that's so ironic that you bring this up. I was, I just saw some stuff about this today, and I had kind of already know this, so. Priscilla was 13 or 14 when they met. But she's saying they were always more mentally and emotionally connected than sexually. And they didn't even do anything till she was older, I guess. Because he was like, you're only 14. We can't do that. So a lot of their relationship was talking over the phone. But this was also a different
1: time, too, where that was... Kind of the norm. I well, mean, I'm,
0: not even really kind of the norm. It was just not really looked at that much. Well, and the like f- anything,
1: the farther
2: back you go, the less length of time humans were alive.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah,
1: yeah,
2: but I yeah, mean, I mean,
1: but if you look at that now, like that'd be like Ren.
2: Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. And that's like it. And there's, that's. I, I want to clarify. I I'm not saying that every older person that gets with or marries or or whatever a younger person is wrong. Like prime example, my dad's mom is only 15 years older than him. So they don't have a huge age gap, but my dad's mom married my dad's best friend in high school, the same age as him. So I grew up with a normal casual 15 year age gap, Mm -hmm. big differences. They were 18, 19 at the time. So, but even still, I mean, not every situation is the same, and there's a big yeah. difference between, on whatever level, being in a consensual relationship and being in a non-consensual relationship. There's also you a know,
3: difference between sexual 14 and Fourteen. And yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. like you said, it could be consensual. Does a 14-year-old have the mental capacity to understand a mature relationship like that? absolutely no, not absolutely we all know not. what it's like to be 14 we all our for- hormones were literally five million everywhere directions <laughs> at any given moment of the day mm-hmm. and two seconds mm-hmm. later it was going to change so I was
1: talking about like when i was a teenager like there's way too many men that are older that know better yes. that are willing and want yes. to have a sexual relationship with someone children underage children. Correct. There's and when you men- are that
3: age, you don't realize that you're being manipulated. You don't realize that you're being targeted. Yep. You don't realize that you're being molded. You don't, when you're that young, again, that's that mental capacity. You don't understand this person is love bombing you and telling you all the things that you're going to hear because you're not mentally aware, emotionally, mature wise to understand what they're really doing to you. Um, well, and you those people that know. do that Are obviously in it for the wrong reason. Yeah. Can you generally have a connection with somebody? Absolutely you can. At any age. But there's again there's a big difference. Between the people that are legit predators.
1: And they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Manipulating these kids. That's like. When I think about it. I think about. So I'm 26. I think about. Men that were interested in me that were like mm-hmm. the age I am and I'm like that's absolutely freaking disgusting
2: mm-hmm. there's no way I actually just watched this documentary no I'm sorry it's not a documentary it's like a retelling it's called May December and it's on um Netflix oh yeah we were
1: talking about that I watched that yeah. too yeah
2: yeah what was her name it was like Mary Kay Letourneau Okay, first off, I did not know that that was local, and I'm sure no. for any of our listeners, you may or may well, not. Well, I remember that
3: all name. of it, cause that yeah,
2: yeah I You may all or may not know that name, but long story short, a what was she, 36 year old teacher, old, that, that too old to be with, the with a 13 year
3: old, it's a 12 like year old, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever,
2: 12, so, No, she died. She died. Oh. Four years ago, she died in 2020. But they were married the whole time after she got out of jail and had a couple of kids in jail. But here I am, 30, and I look at 12 year olds and I'm like, "What? You are a baby." You, N-n-n-no. I look at 18
1: year olds and
3: think they're a I baby. <laughs> I feel that way about 30 year olds, you guys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but that's it. Like that. That's a situation that comes up too, at, like.
0: I think it also has to do with the media uh parts of it with like the media, because there's a lot of cases where it's like older females going for younger males, and they always put it as as like hot teacher has sex with or or teacher arrested for having sexual mm-hmm. well, relations and with many
1: men that I have talked to. Oh yeah, I would have loved to, you know, get with right. a teacher. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe when you're that age and you're thinking that, like, oh. Fair, all right. We've all had a hot teacher. I mean, right? it's hormones. But
0: yeah, I mean, I know tons of high school girls that that were. I had this one teacher. He was a really attractive dude. I give it to him, but like everybody in the school was talking about how <sighs> mm-hmm. hot this yeah, guy was. We and had all those two. Yeah. We're talking about fantasies, and I'm just like, dude, that's not okay. Yeah. You cannot be doing that
1: with no. that dude.
2: Well, no. and even like. I'm not going to rat this person out by saying my relation to this person, but this male that I know was 12 years old and was in a, I won't say committed, but a like reoccurring sexual relationship with, um, I believe she was a 20. Oh gosh. I think he, I think he said like 25, 26 year old or something like that. And, Like the times that I've talked to this person about it at first, they were like, Oh no, it's fine. Like I wanted it. I wanted to do it. Like, Oh my God, are you kidding? I was the lucky 12 year old that got to like bone a whole, an adult as a kid. And like years down the line, now that they're older, it's a different conversation. He's like, Oh, it's weird. I didn't know like what I was doing. Sure. Did it help me? In a way now as an adult to, you know, in that department, but like, I didn't know what I was doing. I knew what society said was cool. And society said that sex was cool. And, and here I am the one young kid that gets to have sex with an adult. And now, you know, now it's a completely different conversation than it was. And at the time, he was completely consensual about what was happening you know, but the whole other the whole other flip side to this conversation is the adult men and women that are taken advantage of that unfortunately, a lot of people look at them like, "Oh, well, why didn't you say no why why were you wearing that outfit? You know, you were oh, asking for it." You know, all, all of those things that now as an adult woman having gone through the being young and sought after by grownups, yeah. <laughs> you know. And it brings to my mind the MMIW conversation and the sex trafficking topic that that brought up of the women that are based, literally kidnapped and taken and then sold to people that, that's their sole purpose, and nobody's going to tell me that every single one of these women was weak, or that any of these women were weak, and or any of these women did not say no, or any of these women did not fight back, or any woman, you know, didn't well, that's thing emotionally is, fight back. The
1: thing is, you shouldn't
2: have to say no. Hmm. But if you do, no is enough.
1: Yeah. Or should but be. you shouldn't have to say no. That's the thing is. That's what consent is. Is you're supposed to say yes. You're supposed yeah. to be able to say yes. If you say nothing and, you know, okay, I, I'm going to tell a story about what happened. That's kind of what brought this up a little bit. I was at a club recently, like, um, you know, a dance club in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Having fun, whatever. Some dude decides to just grab me. Ah, uh, no. Yeah. Um. He just grabbed you. Yeah. Okay. So I'll kind of describe the, the the club a little bit. Like this is like a very like crowded dance club. Okay. Like so it was hidden. Wall to wall people. Like you're you're gonna be like right up against people, which is fine, right? You're gonna accidentally brush people. You're gonna accidentally bump into people. It happens. This was belligerent. This was. Deliberate. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. He knew what he was doing. Or they knew what they were doing.
1: Yeah. Yep. So I turned around to say, hey, like, what the hell? He throws his drink at me and then runs (laughs) for the door, basically. Yes. Shut the front door. For real? For real. For real. What a fucking coward. For, For real. And then, you know. You tell the bouncers and they're like, oh, oh, well, he's gone. Mm I don't know if they Mm -hmm. can really do. And, like, that's that's fair, but it. Not. It was really. You know, it's not the worst thing that could have happened, but it was really shitty. It just made me think, Mm -hmm. like. That could have gone
2: so much worse.
1: Well, and here's the thing, too. I had not spoken to this person. I had not looked at this person. I did not know who this person was. Nothing. And this happens a lot. This happens a lot to people. How many women does this happen to?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it doesn't matter what setting you're in. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. It doesn't matter what you're doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If Unless you say this is okay, it is not okay.
2: Mm-hmm. One thing that I want to put out there is, I was curious, okay, sexual assault. Mm-hmm. That. Some people may think you were molested, you were raped, you were touched. Some people may think, no, you comment on my, whatever. So, I looked up the definition of sexual Mm -hmm. assault. And this says, the term sexual assault refers to sexual contact or behavior that occurs without explicit consent of the victim. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm.
2: Yep. Yeah. And... I mean, do you remember my bachelorette party? The dude oh, that was yes. following us around. Oh my gosh! I the casino. All about that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Very long story short. Uh, 2020, the year of COVID. Oh god, it was July, so it was the summer of COVID. Oh, we man, went to a I'm casino from finding- a bachelorette party. Super yeah. fun. It was. Gosh, it was what like eight or ten of us girls. We got hotel yeah, rooms. Yes. We were just drinking. We were walking around the casino having fun. We were sitting outside and this random dude comes and sits next to me on the bench. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I'm gonna be polite. There's only yeah. so many benches there and I'm not gonna take a whole one to myself, whatever. And then he looks over at me and he's like, Oh, your hair is so pretty. Oh my gosh. And, he and then he touching starts hair. touching my hair. Mm-hmm. He starts touching my ponytail.
1: And Do you remember me- how how like uncomfortable I got? And I was like, oh, I was yeah. like, we I was like, we need to go. I, I tried to play it off.
2: Here's but. my perspective. So I, I'm not going... My parents did nothing wrong. I feel like I'm a very good human, but I am a people pleaser. And I was not taught that it's not my responsibility to not hurt a man's feelings. It's not my responsibility to make sure that a man yeah. is okay. So as an adult in that situation, I was sitting there and I'm just like, oh, oh, thank you. That's just, that's so nice. Instead of like, why are you touching me? Which is how I should have reacted. And then, yeah, Destiny came over, and she's like, oh, hey, yeah, we should go. Like, our, everybody's going inside. Let's go. And I was like, oh, yeah, totally. So we, like, booked it into the casino and, like, yeah. kind of took a couple random turns. And, and then later. machine. Yeah, we're sitting at a machine. Like, okay, hopefully we lost him. I shit you not. This dude comes to those machines, like, bends around, I and he's like. I about that. Yeah. He was yeah. like, oh, you disappeared. I found you. And I was like, um.
1: That's when we went to, we got away and we went, we went to the security. security. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Because that was, that was one of, what was it, two or three times that we saw him around he us. He kept finding
1: us and it was super mm-hmm. weird. And then remember when he was getting kicked out, he was like super angry at the security mm-hmm. for kicking him out. But he, he was, was standing outside creepy. like yelling at them. But mm-hmm. that's, that's another thing about this whole topic
2: that I, where I'm at in adulthood, feel very strongly about. Like to your point, Destiny. If I don't say yes, the answer is not yes. I should yeah. not have to say no, but especially if right. I say no, the right. answer is no. You don't need anything else. You don't need a reason, mm-hmm. you don't need an explanation. I mean, that's that's one of I can't even think of how many times I was yeah. approached with something, did I explicitly say no? No, I didn't. Was I yeah. comfortable? Absolutely not. And it was pretty clear to anybody that would see me, you know, and yeah, yes is yes, no is no. Anything in between, assume it's a no or ask yeah. if you're not sure. I've yeah, I assume that
3: a it's a no. Of situations that have happened to me, there's been. I'm sure I can't even think of every single situation that has happened to me where someone is talking to me inappropriately, touching me inappropriately. approaching me inappropriately, following me. I've had all of those things happen to me. And that all leads up to a sexual assault of some kind where you feel uncomfortable, you feel violated. And so I, there's two, there's three that I can think of right now. So one recently was I went to the casino for a friend's show Mm -hmm. and my friend and this random guy were hitting off and they were dancing and having a good time. And I was like, Ooh, you do you girl. But she was walking in it. Right. And then this random dude saw me, like, dancing by myself. I was kind of, like, next to them, though. And he kept coming back. Like, the first time he came up to me, he was like, hey, girl, you're beautiful. Blah, blah, blah. Why are you here by yourself? Da, da, da. I was like, well, my husband's at work, but I'm here with my bestie. Okay. And she's danced no. with that dude. Like, I'm good. Oh, you want to dance? No, I'm good. Thank you, though. I'm just going to hang right here. He left and then came back. All night, I swear to God, God. every 10 to 15 minutes, he was coming back trying to dance up on me, trying to touch my arm. One time, he tried to feel my hair, one time, he tried to put his hand on my ass. And so, this random dude that my best friend is dancing with, that she's like feeling, I had to go up to that guy and be like, Hey, I know I don't know you, but this dude, I'm uncomfortable, leave me alone, and I'm really Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. Yeah, so him and my best places like that without my husband, yeah. So him and my bestie stood in front of me every time he started coming back so that he didn't have access to me. Yeah. And
2: that that's a whole other thing with this topic of people around women who care about women, especially other women and gay men, know that this is a thing.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is some random dude that I didn't even know that yeah. my best friend was flirting with. And even he was like, I got your back.
2: Yeah, you walk up to a gay man at a gay bar and you'd be like, hey, this guy's making me uncomfortable. Oh,
3: yeah, they'll so take I'm care willing of willing
2: to bet quick. Every dollar that I have that that gay man will be like, where is he? Let's go. Yeah, Pick yeah, him, girl,
1: let's go. Well, so, you know, after that situation happened and that guy left, I was out with, you know, um, some some friends. And the men in the group, you know, they found I had told one of them the next morning, you know, because it was already I mean, there was nothing that could have been done. Nothing anybody could do. Yeah. Yeah, at that point. I know that if, if they would have seen it, it would have went down, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like I know that those people would have like, protected me. And that's why, that's why I'm comfortable going out with those people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't go out with people that I wouldn't trust in a situation Mm -hmm. like that. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, that's true. All of us hang out generally with, we're good people. So we all hang out with generally good people. Yeah. So we all know when we go out, we have each other's back. Like, no matter what.
2: Especially in our group, too. Mm -hmm. Especially when we're going out to a bar, we're going where there's alcohol. There's always at least one person. At least one person that's sober. That's Mm -hmm. okay. In my situation, thankfully, generally, it's my husband. He's the DD. He drinks Shirley Temples. And he looks out (laughs) for everybody else. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just the thing. We, you know, that's why... I would never, ever, 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 ever recommend that anybody, male, female, gay, straight, by whatever, go to a bar or a late night social setting like that by yourself. Make sure you yeah, have people yeah, to help watch your back or to... You know, like, it's it's that thing, like, the buddy system. But that's one of the core th- core important things from school, the buddy system. Yeah. yeah. That way, at least if you're lost, you're not alone. And you are mm-hmm. much better off not alone than you are alone.
3: Yeah. So, reminds me, the other situation I wanted to talk about was, I think I had t- told you guys about it outside of podcasting. The car? Yeah. Yeah, Did you told us about it on the story? podcast, yeah. Did I? Yeah.
2: No. I don't remember it talking different.
3: about I don't know. You were younger. Anyway. <laughs> no, 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 that's not the one I was talking about. That was where I one of the times I almost got kidnapped. But mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. no, this was like I don't know, like September, October or something like that. Maybe no, recently. Summer. Yeah, I was leaving Fred Meyer, okay? Oh, you got in my car. And okay, example of what <laughs> not to do as well cuz my I know what not to do, but for some reason I did this, and I don't understand Your why. Your people-pleasing
2: brain kicked in.
3: Yeah, so I'm sitting in my mm-hmm. car. I had just put my purse, like, in the seat. I had just started the car, and someone knocks on my window. And normally, instead of cracking the window like I would <laughs> normally do, I cracked my door. Like a What was I thinking? I don't know. So I cracked my door, <laughs> and it was this younger, like, really good-looking kid. Like, he was, like, 19, maybe 20 years old. And I wasn't fully aware as it was happening, what was really happening, if that makes sense. Like, you know how sometimes you assess the situation after it's happened, you mm-hmm. know? I'd say it's 2020. So, I opened the door and I'm like, I mean, it's like cracked. I didn't like swing it open. It was like cracked. And I was like, uh, what's up? What can I help you with? And he goes, he goes, yeah. You want to help me jerk it? <laughs>
0: Uh, no. Like, I was
3: like, did my ears just too? <laughs> <Like, laughs> I was like, excuse me? Oh
0: <laughs>
1: wouldn't No, I don't! That's some what about- oh, have for the
2: quality
3: imagery for
2: our social medias yeah, you, later. You yeah.
3: Help me it,
1: like. So then I
2: looked
3: up, like, excuse me, what did you Pull say? And he goes, yeah, you want to help me jerk it? And I said, no, get out of here, you fucking weirdo! away from stupid pieces. That's so weird. Okay, so I slammed my. Door closed, and then I locked it. And then I kind of sat there. Like, my heart was racing, obviously, and I was like... What the fuck just happened? What just happened? Yeah. <laughs> so then I'm, I'm yeah. processing this, and I realized he was holding a phone in his hand that had porn playing on it. Oh. And then my second thought was, I think I need to go back into the store and tell security. I don't think driving away right now is a good idea because what if he does that to somebody else and he ends up assaulting somebody
1: yeah that's fair
3: so i waited till i didn't see him anymore and when i got out of my car like i looked everywhere like as i'm walking back in the store i'm like looking like i'm fucking paranoid trying mm-hmm. looking over my shoulder and stuff so i go back in and i pulled the security there was like three of them because where i live is kind of ghetto so they always have security up in that place So I pulled Mm -hmm. him all over. I was like, "I gotta talk to you." So I I was like, "I don't want to say this really loud because other there's children, you know." Mm -hmm. So I told him, and he was like, "This guy said what to you?" And this is like this big black dude, like who? (laughs) And Mm -hmm. he was like, "That motherfucker said what to Mm -hmm. you?" (laughs) And he's like, "Describe him for me." So I describe him, and he goes, "Oh, that's the fool we kicked out because he was stealing stuff."
1: Oh "Oh, shit!
3: So then they also have cops there at this Fred Meyer all the time. So he walks outside, grabs the police officer. They walk me to my car. um, And then they're going, him and the police officer are going around the parking lot trying to see if they can find them. So I get my car and I'm driving home and I call my husband. I'm like, you will not believe what just happened to me. And he was like, "You opened your door, you dummy!" Yeah. I'm like, "I know." <laughs> I
2: remember you telling me that story, and that's exactly what I said to you. I was like, "Wait, you opened your door? Yeah, even why?" It was, was only
3: like this people. much, but still, he obviously no. could overpower me. Obviously, he, yeah.
0: Even but, when I've dealt with people working at at uh, weight shipping, like any person that knocks on my window, I roll it down just a little bit. Yeah, like I ain't gonna it's give like, you yes. the opportunity. That's the one and
3: only time in my yeah. life that I've ever opened my door. You're I've just, like... just cracked my window. I don't know what mm-hmm. but I mean he could have grabbed me, he could have jumped on top of me. Like he he you definitely just
2: yanked your door open. Scared he the shit out of oh. opportunity. Yeah. To I
0: actually have me, a really good sure. story. So when I was working at Wendy's uh a few years back, we uh I think I told you about this. This was the car door handle situation. We were uh we were taking orders normally, and this was the one down the street here, and it was just um it was just normal day and everybody was doing their own thing. Right. And so the people were at the box and they were just ordering their food like normal. And then like some banging and crashing was going on in the background. And then I was like, what the hell? So then I walk outside to go see what's going on. Cause I was in the manager position at this time. And I was like, what's going on? And like, there was another dude, really tall, lanky black guy with a freaking 47 Magnum about like, seven inches long, pulled out and like ready to go. And he's just cursing and walking around. And then I walked up to him and he's just sitting there and he looks at me. and he goes, Oh no, sorry, man. And he puts his revolver away. <laughs> what the and he goes, well, hold on. It gets, it gets better. He goes, hold on. Sorry, man. I was trying to scare this dude to scare this dude away. And I was like, what happened? And he was like, yeah, this dude, like, Ran up to this person's car door and like start trying to like I think he was trying to steal them or whatever and like literally their car door handle was ripped off the door and on the ground right in front of the window. I really hope
2: that for anybody that is thank God that dude was there to help them. Then yeah, yeah, that you have somebody out there like Ruben and I. We've had this conversation a bunch of times where I'm like, okay, you are a trustworthy man. If you see a woman alone that looks uncomfortable. You walk up to her like you know her, yeah, like straight up. That goes for I go through anything. Yeah, I don't feel like it needs to be talked about. If you're a woman and you see another woman uncomfortable, and I walk up to a complete stranger and I'm like, "Hey, I couldn't find you. Where were you? Like, we gotta get going. Like, everybody's all in the car. No mm-hmm. woman is gonna look at you sideways. No, no woman that is uncomfortable is gonna be like, we're gonna be where like, thank you? you. Yeah, they'll say they'll say thank you after." you're yeah. out of the situation. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's also
0: kind of dependent in the area. Cause especially for me, when I'm like driving home, I'll see like random people walking down the streets and 90% of the time they're like homeless people and they all look uncomfortable. So it's like, how do I discern <laughs> what's uncomfortable well, from their living situation? But that's, a different,
2: that's a different situation. Then <laughs> example that I'm going to pull walk out of my out ass. Of no. Yeah. Example. I'm going to pull out of my ass. You walk in, you're in a bar, you've been hanging out all night And you know, this girl is there either by herself or with her girlfriends, all Mm -hmm. of her girlfriends left, and she's there by herself. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, this guy is at the bar, there are very clear physical signs to peep anybody that is uncomfortable. And they're different for every person, but they're, they're, they're similar, they're tensed up, they're not looking at the other person, they're like to walk away and that person follows whatever it is. Even if it's a simple you walk up to that person, and you're like, hey, are you okay? That if you don't want to play it off like something me as a woman, I'm not going to walk up to another woman, especially with another man. Well, I
0: mean, I have a hard time discerning people like uncomfortable levels unless if I like talk with them. So for me. But it, that's all that's it, all you need to do. It would. It would. Re- yeah. Which is a different thing than doing the whole like play thing. What I was really mostly saying is like, like, especially out in like, for instance, like out walking up the street. Like, I, yeah, you see a lot of people all the time and you can't really tell who's having just Mm -hmm. a bad day and who's having somebody following them. Unless if you, you know, you stop and ask and then you run a risk of either having somebody be mad at you, which is like, whatever, or you help somebody, you know, that's, that's really the thing that I was thinking. Yeah.
2: Well, and to play off of what Nikki was saying, I had a relatively similar situation casino. I was with my aunt and we were being followed a very similar situation. He was a younger dude. Wasn't big, but wasn't small. He was like, He he had a little bit of meat on him. He was following us. He was kind of like keeping his distance following us. We were uncomfortable. He tried to, oh, excuse me. He tried talking to us a couple of times. We just ignored it. And he just kept following. My aunt is older than me, obviously. And we were both a little inebriated. And I did, Nikki, like what you did. I was like, okay, we're at a casino. There's security guards. We need to go find one. I don't care. We're going to go find one. So my aunt, I kind of had to drag her because she was so (laughs) drunk. I had to drag her. (laughs) went to the security guard and me and my probably tipsy super was like, hey, this guy, this is what he looks like. This is what he's doing. We're uncomfortable. Now, mind you, one of the things that I was really impressed with is the security guards at this bar were very intimidating women. Like they were. Oh, oh, they were. They were very intimidating women. I was like, oh, God, I would not test you. So we told security. And then, you know, they came and he followed us to this restaurant in the casino and they had like, we had like just gotten from the security booth and they came out from the security booth to the restaurant and they saw us and I'm, I'm assuming they saw us giving those physical signs of like, oh my God, like we were covering the side of our head and we're like, oh my God, he's over there. Dude, just like go away. And they came over and they're like, oh, is that him? I was like, "Mm, yeah, that's him. They escorted him out. And then I was like, okay. I know they said they escorted him out. I know they, they, they said they were going to handle it. I would like an escort to our room at the casino. So we're on our way back up. Thankfully, it was all the same building. Went to the security desk. I was like, hey, we were kind of followed. We're a little uh, uncomfortable. Can we get an escort to our room? And they were like, yeah, totally. Let me call somebody. And yeah. my aunt, after we left there, and this is probably a generational thing to some degree. My aunt was like, oh, my God, I would have never thought to ask for a security escort. I would have never thought to go to security and tell them that I'm being followed or that I'm uncomfortable. And to me, I'm like, why, why? That's what they're there for. Like they're there to secure the people that are in this business. And then this in this room. Like that's what they're there for. We did
3: that on your birthday too. We had that security guard, follow us back up to your room too. I've just remembered that. That you're back. I was going to say
0: like, that's a fortunate thing for being in this day and age with everything that's been going on. Like, Security and like police officers are now everywhere, every corner. Yeah. You know, you can get mm-hmm. somebody to you at least in the day. When at night, it's a completely different story.
2: It's not completely different, it's just different. It
0: depends on the area, but most of the time, like I know, for instance, Tacoma, I only had two police officers in that entire region that I could talk to. So I got yeah. pretty close and personal anytime I had to call up the police. Hey, somebody's trying to break into this area, we, it's a private property kind of thing. Yeah. But in general, there's more, you know, security and police officers everywhere that you can get to help you out if you're getting followed or, you know, somebody's being sketchy or whatever. Yeah. But that's just kind of the the day and age that we live in.
3: Yeah. That's the unfortunate truth. So, Destiny, do you have any other, um,
1: like, facts or anything that you wanted to go over? Um, There was one more. Just give me a second. Um, Going back to... Yeah. So... I did want to cover some more about the men. So, you know, remember how I said four and five female rape survivors reported that they were raped before 25 and almost half were as a minor. Nearly eight in 10 male rape survivors reported that they were made to do things to someone before the age of 25. And about four in 10 first were made to do things as a minor.
0: I'm one in eight men.
1: <laughs>
0: what I, I, have, I have, yeah, I thought I told you about the whole molestation thing.
1: Yeah, what? Wait, it. what? Let's talk about hey, this, I'm Cayman. Here. If you're comfortable with it, yeah, if you're uh, comfortable, yeah, comfortable to talk uh, about, I'm it. comfortable with it now. Yeah, in in
0: high school, uh especially, it was during my sophomore year. I had, you know, I was I was in a bunch of groups, so I hung out with a lot of people. And I got to know a lot of different people. And I, and at lunchtime, you know, I would have this group that I'd go hang out with on this day. And, you know, I'd go to another one the next day. Well, this one group of girls that I was hanging out with at the time. I think there was like one guy that I would hang out with here periodically with them. But they were all like super duper sexual with me in a lot of manners. And one of them was so sexual with me that she was like very adamant about us having sex together. When I wasn't really 100% comfortable with that yet, I haven't, you know, I was, I was like, what, 15? Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I don't, I don't know. Um. Well, at the end of the year, when it was uh, moving on to the next time, uh, we were walking down the hallways together and we were just talking or whatever. And then she just pulled me into the corner right next to the doors that have glass at them. But there's like a little cubby corner in that area that you can kind of hide at. And then like. Touched my dick and like was kissing up on all of me, and then at some point stopped, and then was like turned around and then pulled her underwear down and said, "Let's do it right here." And I was like, "No, please, can we not? That's not an appropriate area to do that." Yeah, it was. It was a. I didn't really realize it until I was like virgin
3: at the time, right? That's a Uh, lot. You were still a virgin at the time.
0: Yes. I, I mean, it doesn't matter if it you was... were,
3: you aren't, weren't, because it was obviously very inappropriate and not okay. Well, but I... not having any experience adds to the uncomfortable and the impro- inappropriateness.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah and if you I, weren't it, feeling it, you weren't feeling it. It's. Well, I mean, I, it, was, it was. We
0: were in fucking school. <laughs> like at, at any point, those bells could have rang, and then we would have been lot. scrambling by trying to fucking do whatever. But That's either way, I didn't realize until I was like. I think it was like 20 when it was like, oh, that was a molestation.
2: Yeah, that brings up something yeah. for me that I don't think I've ever really talked about. And I think that. To our listeners in the United States, think about society and what society does to young girls. I was also in high school. I was the I was the fat girl. I was the chubby girl. I mean, you I look at my, okay, but to high schoolers? I mean, yeah. high school girls are just mean not in general. Not the moral of the story. High, high school, school of the girls story. are mean
0: in general. That's true.
2: I, that's was true. Like a, that. I, I was a freshman or sophomore in high school, and I went to a really small school. It was like a public school that operated as a private school. There were only 400 <clears> people max at the school, <clears> throat> and, throat> and there was this one, I think he was a senior at the time, and- being young, I was like, oh my gosh, this the senior wants to hang out with me. And mm-hmm. during an assembly when the whole school was in the gym, he pulled me into a back hallway and asked me to do inappropriate things with him. And I will admit, at 15 years old, I did it because I was like, oh, like we didn't go all the way, but you know, you use our imagination. That it was- uh, yeah. use your imagination it and felt i felt like, like you were
3: obligated to have to do it, it. felt like i yeah. was
2: obligated and yeah. that does not make it okay
1: can we talk about men, that the obligation women. it's yes. for me it's
2: a people-pleasing thing
3: why does no but why I do feel men like We are obligated All, yes i yes
2: not why do now, men okay, feel obligated i don't
3: tolerate that
1: but for so, okay. First, I'm very
2: proud of you for being in a yes. place, in a position to say no. That's a very big deal. Yeah,
1: yeah, that is a very big deal.
2: Shrug it off, but that's a big deal. I mean, being able
0: to say no and saying I'm, no. I'm an I'm, I'm awkward person when it comes to any kind of sexual talk. So, in, in general, yeah. it kind of just goes down, anyways. So,
1: <laughs> why are men in particular, not not just men, but <laughs> as women, if you're flirting with somebody, if you're talking to somebody, if you're maybe dating somebody or going to go on a date with somebody, why is it that men feel obligated to to your body? Why do, why do they do feel wanna, like they're they deserve you wanna sex? You want to know
2: my answer? Like They have mm-hmm. a right Society. to it. Yeah. Society. Yeah. Look at look at look at the piece of paper that binds you and your husband. Mm-hmm. All that is is saying that you're his property. That's it. So, That's where that piece of paper came from when yeah. a man wanted to marry a woman back in however long ago think about what would happen okay what can we trade for me to give you my daughter like she yeah. was property yeah women and 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 i feel like society has a big role to play in that in you know i not so not so much now but like when all of us were growing up it was Britney Spears is, jading, is dating Justin Timberlake and like, oh, just like, and, and all of the focus was on what he was doing for her. And whenever something bad happened, it was always thrown on her. That's just the way that the American society is built. And now we're in the era of, that's not the way it is anymore. So
3: I can definitely speak to how things were back in the nineties. Cause that was my, my era. But um, what you're saying is very true. So I remember... Things with celebrities was like this is when paparazzi really mm-hmm. became a thing. So yes, it Poor happened. Princess Diana died. <laughs> yes, so it became very predominant and very much a problem with what happened to Princess Diana, R.I.P. Like what happened to her. That's why she's no longer here. Is people were chasing after her. Yeah, there was no reason for that to have happened and for this beautiful human being. To have been taken away from her children. Like that's not. Because you wanted a fucking picture. Like that's not okay. But that was really when it started escalating. Yeah. I remember being. A preteen and a teenager. In the 90s. When. I mean pop magazines were always a thing. Because they were a thing like when my parents were kids. Mm -hmm. You know like David Cassidy. And all those on like Bop and Bebop magazines. And all that you know.
1: But, David Cassidy?
3: <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, like, that's like it stems from that. It's just escalated. Yeah. It yeah. really escalated hugely in the 90s and the early 2000s. Yeah. With
1: celebrities. And
3: the men were objectified as well. Mm-hmm. Young boys were objectified as well. Mm-hmm. However, it was a lot worse with teenage girls like Britney yeah. Spears, Christina Aguilera, Aaliyah. Jessica Simpson, Aaliyah. All I think we forget artists, they were highly sexualized and they were super young and they were marketed that way and they that's were what the that young women
2: way. in our society had to grow
3: up with
0: Have you ever
2: Yeah and then into- people wonder
3: why Britney Spears is bananas have you ever um, looked
0: into the, um, the whole, like, Hannah Montana Disney TV shows yeah. and the Nickelodeon live-action TV shows? I mean, mm-hmm. one of
2: the Disney stars was straight-up high on cocaine or whatever she was high on at the time. Well, I mean, do you yep. know
0: about the Nickelodeon stuff with Dan
2: mm-hmm. Schneider? I yep. just with saw... I, Carly? I just yep. saw uh, TikTok about that, and it, there's a documentary coming out that obviously I need to watch. There's also allegedly, a book you should read. We have yeah. to put,
1: put that in there, Allegedly. Allegedly.
2: Well, allegedly. documentaries, yeah. just like this podcast, allegedly. are no n- no matter what you can do, going to be some form of, of an opinion or perspective. Yeah, but, yeah. But,
0: What's her freaking name? But
2: I mean, you know, back to what we were talking about a second ago. There's a lot of attention brought onto sexual assault against women,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and you know, to Nikki's point, like she just made, men or boys were sexualized as well i mean i grew you up know, in the us- era
3: of boy bands and i'm obsessed with boy bands even at 40 years old but they were highly sexualized and they yeah. were all young boys when they started yeah
0: that's so how it goes it's, i mean sex sells right yeah it's that yeah, whole it does. thing
1: it totally does. well it's it, it's weird it's kind of weird right like yeah you there's like young women that are on like tiktok or they're like actresses or whatever and they're you know like 15 and i'm like you're a baby. And men are like, oh, they're hot. And I'm like, oh, God. No. But I feel oh like God. now,
3: yes, sex still sells now, but we're now in an age where people are going to speak up and say, this yeah. isn't okay. But, this isn't appropriate. This, but now this we're happen. also
2: getting the backlash like the Me Too movement. Oh, why didn't you say anything when it happened? Why are you only reporting it now? Oh, well, what were you wearing? Because that matters. You know yeah. what? Were you talking to him? Were you flirting with him? Were you flirting with her? Were you talking to her? As if any of that matters. There's it always going to be a rebuttal. There's always going to be another side. There's always going to be a rebuttal. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah.
3: So it doesn't matter if you're not very, naked. I wish sexual assault was a m-
0: easy less topic.
3: Black and gray. You know what I mean. And more like this is what it is. Don't fucking do it. Well, if you're you looking know. at the
2: definition. Sexual behavior or actions. That is unwelcomed. That is unwelcome. Behavior yeah. includes words. Yeah. Or pictures. True. Or pictures or text messages or emails or IMs or looks. Like, yeah. is that me saying that if somebody looks at you in a bar to go report them? No. But, I no. mean, like, anything that is unwelcome and... and yeah. You know, sexual assault on any level, I feel like, you know, back to my point before, society, men have their own societal beliefs to not report. Women have their own societal beliefs to not report or to not yeah. do anything or to not say it's anything. it's
3: also a thing where everything in our life, every event that happens in our life as individuals, molds who we are as a person. Mm-hmm. And it impacts us in different ways on different levels. Some events are so minute, you don't even remember it, but it's still a part of your story. It's still part of who you are. But then there's some events that are so big that it greatly impacts the person that you are. And some of that stuff is so traumatizing, is so not good for your heart and Mm -hmm. your soul and your spirit that you can't grow and you can't move on. Yes, everybody processes differently. Everybody deals differently. But these incidences of, like, sexual assault for males, female, children, whoever, these are definitely the top of that mold of who you are. I can definitely tell you the way that I've dealt with what happened to me could be very different from somebody else who lived the same situation. Yep. The thing that helped me was my mom. My mom was not a great mom. RIP mom, I love you, but she was not the best mom. She failed 99% of the time, okay? No
2: parents, perfect.
3: But the one of the things I will always be beyond grateful for my mother for is as soon as that came out, I was in counseling. And I was in counseling for five years straight. If I would not have had that counseling, I would not be the person that I am. Without counseling and without the guidance of my amazing grandmother, I, pro- I might have gone the, the path that a- some other people in my family went, which was drugs and alcohol and all that stuff. Yeah. Without those proper tools being provided to me to be able to cope and deal and be able to forgive the people that have done these things to me so that I can move on with my life,
1: mm-hmm.
3: I'd probably be super fucked up. Not to say that I'm not fucked up because clearly I have issues just like anybody else has issues. But, without that, I wouldn't be coping mm-hmm. because what happened to me with especially with the extended amount of time that it happened to me, I can talk about it now. I'm fine mm-hmm. with it. I have no ill will against the man that did this to me. He's gonna get his in the end, Whatever, I can care less about what happens to him. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying these are very detrimental things that happen to you in your life. And I'm very much the type of person where you can't allow these things to define your future. And you can't allow these people to have control over you. You can't allow them to have so much control over the trauma that they created that you can't live your life. However, again, everybody is different. So yeah. just with that, I'm just saying, if something like that happens to you, make sure you get the help. Make sure you really lean on your support system. If you don't have a support system, find a support system. You know, there's resources online. There's groups that you can go to. There's all these different things. I'm just speaking from my experience. If I did not have that resource that my mom helped make sure I got, I would not be who I am. Do I probably have some sexual issues because of it probably it might be why i'm not going to go into details about how i am sexually but that might be why i like certain things the way that i like them
1: i'm just yeah. saying that
3: could be part of it but again without having the resources and the tools provided to me i could be a drug addict i could be a prostitute i could be super depressed living in a bubble like those things create who you are it's a matter of what you do with it And how you allow yourself to overcome it, to not allow that to define who you are.
2: But I think also a note too: it's really important, and I feel like a lot of people of my generation will resonate with this. Your feelings are valid, absolutely. What you are feeling, whatever it is, is valid. What you're thinking is valid. The way you're feeling is valid. What happened happened and no one can or should even try to take that away from you
3: yeah I think the situations that I feel really bad about are the people that aren't believed I as a victim myself I always want to believe the victim first I have been in situations with people that I love where they have claimed that another person I love has done something to them
1: and it wasn't true or was it true
3: and it wasn't true I've also had the problem, the situations where it was true and that's a really hard place to be because you weren't in their situation you don't know 100% what did and didn't happen
1: yeah. so it's
3: really hard to figure out what you're supposed to do
1: on that note I think this is a good note to end on um, Nikki yeah. I appreciate everything you shared and everything you had to say Alyssa same for you Cayman, thank you, you for sharing in. your experience.
0: Yeah, um, for being a part it, of
1: our podcast. Yeah, sorry, sorry. thank I'm, you I'm a little so bit much. Tired,
0: but I don't really like talking right now because I'm like <laughs> sitting over here and like yawning, That's so I'm trying to trying not to die. But
3: yeah. So let's just end of this episode saying: if you have ever been a victim of sexual assault, find your resources, reach out to your people, know that you have people that love and support you. And no
1: means no. Well, thanks, guys.
2: Thanks, everybody, for listening.
3: We love you all. Bye.
1: Bye.
3: Crime Convo
1: Podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, Google, Pandora, Amazon, and Radio Public. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Crime Convo Podcast. You're welcome to contact
3: us with your reviews, comments, concerns, and suggestions at Podcast at gmail.com.